0: Welcome to another episode of the Rental Journal Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the equipment rental industry. I'm your host, Mark Simonson, and today our guest is Freddie Blanton, or commonly known for his online personality of, hey, hey, it's Freddie at Bobcat. Freddie is the sales representative at Bobcat of Spartanburg based in South Carolina. Now, Freddie is no ordinary sales rep. If you haven't heard of Freddie, pause this podcast, go to Google and type in Freddie at Bobcat. Not many people within the equipment or construction industry utilize social media to create a personal brand, so we can all learn a thing or two from Freddie. Freddie, thank you for coming on the podcast today. To kick things off, can you talk to me about how you got into the equipment rental industry?
1: Yeah, it was luck, I guess. I was working at a company called Ferguson Enterprise, selling pipe and potties, and I was an inside salesman, and one of the outside salesmen took a job at Bobcat of Spartanburg. I really didn't know anything about equipment whatsoever. Uh, a couple weeks later, he called and he said, hey, we need some help over here. Will you come by and at least talk to him? So after a couple of trips over there, I left Ferguson and there I was in a world where I had no idea what I was doing.
0: Uh, and so you weren't exposed to equipment at all previous to that. It was really thrown in the deep end.
1: Yeah, I had done nothing with equipment. That was literally the first time I had ever been around equipment or in a skid steer was my first day at Bobcat.
0: Wow. What an exposure. And so what was the sort of evolution into your roles at Bobcat?
1: Well, the funny thing is I was hired to work on park, service, and rental. So one of the first things that I I could tell that we needed help in was rental machines being ready, are all the rental machines and attachments accounted for, uh, are we charging enough for rental? So I kind of took that role on myself. Uh, the parts guy was experienced. He helped me learn the parts side of it. The service guys were super helpful. Uh, next thing you know, I was, you know, three or four years in and felt pretty good about it.
0: And so then you evolved into more the, the sales side. So what was the, how did you evolve into that, that role then?
1: Yep, we were, we had a salesperson who had hip surgery and he, he had to go have, uh, he was going to be out for a while and they had to fill his spot because he would not come back and be a salesperson. He was going to be out for at minimum six to eight months. So they interviewed people, interviewed people. Then finally, one of the owners took me to lunch, and he said, "Hey, we really want you to do this." And I thought, sales? I can't do sales. I came here to do parts and rental. And he's like, "No, we really think you can do it." So I thought about it. Uh, I, I had I had never thought about being a salesperson. You know, I, I was never I was never the type to go introduce myself to people or start up a conversation with somebody. It just wasn't, it wasn't natural to me, but I did it.
0: And so was that a, a push from having a good manager that saw something that in you that you had that passion and that ability to to learn? Or was that something that you wanted to sort of put yourself outside of your comfort zone?
1: I have always been the type to go outside my comfort zone and sales was definitely doing it. A couple of times the, I was so nervous making first couple of sales calls or even picking up the phone and calling somebody, stopping on the job site, even though I, I'm selling the best product in the world, compact equipment, they wanted to talk to me. I, I still worried sick.
0: How did that like for those first few calls go? Was it you just panicking and then you getting guidance from the people around you, or was it you building up those relationships with those customers? Like how did you get that confidence?
1: Yeah, it was relationship. We have a lot of good customers. And they knew me from the part side. And that helped. Uh, we already had a relationship with a lot of the guys, or I did. And then just the transition of, one, building up my product knowledge for the sales side. The more I interacted with customers, the easier it got. Next thing you know, it, it, it probably took three years, you know, I kind of tell the new salespeople, you're, you're going to have to grind it out for about three years. It started getting easier.
0: Yeah. And, and so how many years have you been at Bobcat now?
1: So I started in 2004, April of 2004. And I went into sales 08, I believe 2008. You know, I always joke with one of the owners, you know, he convinced me to go into sales. And then two weeks later, the economy crashed. It was perfect timing
0: (laughs) so all right that's that's another question then so you started your your transition into sales which you've never done before uh to try and get yourself out of the comfort zone during one of the most challenging parts uh in the past decade or so yeah how was that experience
1: i think it made i think it made me better because it was hard So I almost got the hardest part of my sales career done first. You know, people were struggling. And so I wasn't always showing up trying to push equipment. I was showing up to just build relationships because there wasn't that many people buying at the time. So I was able to capitalize on spending time with people and it paid off years later.
0: Mm. Did did rental play a big factor back then? Because rentals increased dramatically in the past few years. Was that a thing back then as well, the Bobcat?
1: We had rental. It was not as big as it is now. Uh, Now I tell everybody I love rental because if I see a repeat customer for rental, I'm probably gonna get him to buy something. And then they'll just have to find another rental customer.
0: Yeah, and I think it's plenty out there. And I think it's also an opportunity if someone says they don't have budget to buy the machine today, you can push the rental side and then sell the machine a bit later on and then prove to them that this, the, the machine is the right fit and it's going to solve their problem. Right. Yeah. hundred percent agree. And then, so you've been at Bobcat for a long time. So there's something obviously about um, Bobcat of um, Spartanburg that it really gets you going. It, is it the company? Is it the passion? Is it the brand? Is it the equipment? Like what is it about Bobcat that you really love?
1: I love the brand. Uh, I think we honestly do sell the best compact equipment available. But as far as people at Bobcat, the, the guys I work with, they're amazing. Uh, they've been there a long time. Our parts guy, a couple of service guys. I've dealt with a lot of the same customers, repeat business. I've built awesome friendships. There's a lot of new people that get into the business. Yeah, you see young guys, 22, 23 years old, stepping up, going out on their own. Uh, I enjoy helping those people succeed. It, it's fun.
0: It's fun. Yeah. And you say fun and like you, you've really created a bit of a brand for yourself with your videos online with the Hey, hey, it's Freddie at Bobcat. Like, how did that come about?
1: Have you ever heard of Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk?
0: Yeah. So he used to do
1: a show called Ask Gary V. And I was listening to it one day and a girl called in and she was trying to, I forget what her business was, but his advice to her was, Why don't you just do a a did you know video? Just your name and did you know something about your business? I immediately took it to my own. I thought, oh, that's a a great idea. There's enough content in the Bobcat construction equipment grading world where I can do a did you know video. And then the very first time I did it, I just kind of looked at my phone and I was, hey, hey, it's Freddie at Bobcat. And so I just kept doing it.
0: Man, it, it and it seems like it's just like the same like persona and the same energy and and like you 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 seem to have mastered being able to explain a feature or a value or a part of the Bobcat in such a short time frame as well. Like, do you prepare much for these videos? Because it just seems to nail it every single time. <laughs> I don't
1: prepare much, and I, I think that helps. I'll just think of some sort of content that I haven't done, think about it real quick, put something together because I want it to be useful. I want somebody to learn something. Oh, I, did, I didn't know that. Two, I want them to make sure they remember Freddie at Bobcat. Three, I like it to be a little humorous. I mean, everybody needs a laugh. So if I can blend Freddie at Bobcat, positive content, some humor, they're learning something and do it in a minute or less, think we hit the nail on the head
0: and and i think you you won a a competition yeah within bobcat as well around um the best was the best sales pitch i'm not sure what the actual tournament was called
1: yeah they called it a sales pitch it was kind of a roughly a minute or so a minute two minute walk around of a new series bobcat Uh, and they called it a pitch contest and i waited till the very last day you could submit a video at four o'clock I told a guy, I was like, "All right, come out here. Let's do something real quick. Send it in," and it won.
0: <laughs> oh man, you're—I uh, I tell you what, but I feel like you've—you've you've really nailed something here. I know—I know Gary V is really big on content and getting messages out there and, and sharing. I guess your opinion and not—not not worrying too much about what other people are going to think about you when you do share these sort of things. But I feel like the equipment rental industry and even just the equipment industry in general and construction isn't very good at sharing those those sorts of content. But through your use case, that there is clearly an opportunity here for companies and people to create personal brands online and to promote themselves. Do you think it's something that is going to eventually become more and more common?
1: Yeah, I think so. I've, I see it going that direction. I think since I've been putting out some videos and I'll do it, you know, I kind of started... Uh, on YouTube and then I kind of hit Instagram and then a couple years ago I really started hitting LinkedIn hard because I wanted I wanted the audience that is going to buy to see it and then I I thought LinkedIn with it basically being more businesses uh, it would spread more more business owners would see it every you know hopefully they'd remember Freddie at Bobcat but I have seen more and more salespeople, whether it be pictures, uh, saying, "Hey, you know, thanks to my customer." There's been some other Bobcat dealerships do some videos about trying to explain some features, but it's more of a staged product. I like to shoot from the hip.
0: Yeah, I, I've definitely seen those where it's it's almost like too fake the video. Yeah. it it's like it's so staged that it's almost awkward. And I think it, it, it's almost like the person as well. You can't just copy what you're doing. you got to have the right energy and the right passion and, and know your yeah. product, like you said, you know, every time you explain something, as, as I said, you explain it so simply. And I think that's part of the uh, success of your videos as well. Right,
1: yeah, make it easy. It is yeah. easy.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, and I guess with this passion, like you, you describe yourself as somebody that was uh, not someone that you thought would ever go into sales. Uh, and maybe shy might be the right description. I'm not sure how you would describe yourself back then. And if I watch those videos now of you, like you, you look like one of the most confident salespeople <laughs> on the internet. So, like, how has that transition happened, and how do you keep that energy and and passion going? I really
1: do enjoy what I do. Uh, you know, I consider it fun. Even even tonight, it's my wife's a realtor. She had a closing this afternoon. COVID has made babysitting a nightmare. You can't find a babysitter. So I had to get my two kids. We traveled 50 minutes, delivery, got back to the office at seven o'clock. It's dark. They had a blast. We got to spend some time together. It's fun. And how many other jobs can you literally haul your kids to a delivery? They get out and play with the customer's kids for 45 minutes while I do a walk around and sign paperwork. You can't do that at most places.
0: Yeah. And, and I think as time has gone on and you started building these relationships, have you found that it's such a caring and sharing industry as well? Like everyone's sort of there to help each other. Is that something you found over the years?
1: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. It's a, and you see a lot of guys, a lot of our customers work together. You know, if, if one company has a job, it's it's a little too big for them. They bring in another customer for help. And I, I want to help the customer. Yes, of course, I want to buy Bobcat. But at, at the end of the day, if they're not successful with what they're buying from me, then it it was a failure. You know, I put them in a bad position.
0: Yeah, it's, it's something that I think the fact that you said at the very beginning, I didn't think that I could ever be in sales is almost like part of the reason why you're successful. I think if someone went in there with the mindset of, yep, yeah, I can just talk underwater and I can just make this happen, just convince the customer of anything to make them buy the product. That isn't what sales... That's, that's probably the the stigma that sales often gets behind it. And I think yeah. uh, the the real thing here is is relationships, building relationships and having a strong brand that you stand behind.
1: Yeah. And growing up, I never... You know, I guess sales guys were presented to me in a way where it was sleazy. You know, the used car salesman, the stain on the white shirt with the old suit and slick back hair and cigarettes. And then once you get into it, you realize that, oh my gosh, that's, that's not it. The majority of salespeople are out to help their customers. They want to provide a good service. Uh, and and from people that I've dealt with most of the guys are hustlers Uh, and I I would say that I after those first three years I kind of started getting into more okay I got to get better at this you know there's there comes a decision where you got to go pro like you you can float around and you can do your deal and, and and live a happy life but at some point you have to make a decision, all right, I'm going pro. And I stumbled across Grant Cardone on a YouTube video. Started going into a lot of Cardone content. And his uh, demeanor is excitement. He pushes hard. He's a hustler. And I got some uh, at the time, MP3 downloads to put on my phone, listen to in the truck as I rode around. And it would get me jacked up. And then I would, you know, walk in, make a cold call, and it didn't matter if they said, you know, somebody can't see you, you can't come in here. I, they weren't rejecting me; they're just, you know, they were having a bad day. Mm-hmm. But then the more I did it, the more I stayed pumped up, the more excited I was about it. People would sometimes people would say no, and I'd say, "Thank you so much for that no," because you just got me closer to a yes. And they give you that look like, man, is this guy really happy about a no?
0: <laughs> and that's, so you listening to podcasts, listening to audio files, really learning from people that can motivate you as being a big factor in you sort of going pro as you described it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I uh, put in some work between books, uh, listening computer programs for sales training. Uh, you know, I, I still participate in Cardon University. Uh, I think there's some good content there between closing, follow-up, cold calls, and, and then some of the basics. I also uh, follow Michael Burke, Coach Michael Burke. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He has a monster producer program. Uh, you know, it's strategy, it's designed to lay out your day in such a way that you succeed every day. And I think it's, it's putting you in a position to, to succeed.
0: Yeah, so maybe it'd be good to understand, like, can you describe what your average day looks like?
1: I do take my two boys to school pretty much every day. I try to get by the office early One of the things I'm working on this year is blocking off some time for new money, Uh, calling on customers who don't own Bobcat equipment, squeeze some of those in, reach out to current customers. I like to follow up probably every six weeks with somebody who's bought something in the past quarter. Let's see if they need an attachment. Sometimes I get some walk-ins at the office. If not, I can, go, I can go see people. If I go to a certain area, you know, I have a list of guys I want to see. Uh, and then we'll work it from there.
0: And have you used much technology to sort of help you with that planning as well along the way?
1: Not really with the planning. We use a system called Telenotes for our Bobcat group. At the end of the day, you you, you basically report everything you did. Somebody types it up, but you can say follow up with this customer three weeks. Three weeks later, you get a list of who you decided to follow up on. And you can knock that out
0: that morning. Mm. And is there much collaboration and teamwork with the other sales uh, team members?
1: So I'm the only salesman at my branch. Uh, we do have a store 30 minutes away, 40 minutes away, and we do have areas that merge. So a lot of times we have a customer, you know, if if he's not in my, uh, I guess, restricted territory, but if he calls me and wants to deal with me, I'll let the other salesperson know and it's fine, and he'll do the same for me. You know, we want to communicate and make make it easy for everybody. I I have no problem if there's a guy in my area and and he likes the salesman in Greenville,
0: not a problem. Mm. And I guess if you were, let's just say hypothetically, you were to bring on another salesperson within your branch, like what advice would you give to that person that was looking to get into equipment sales?
1: It's harder than it looks. You really do have to put yourself out there. You have to, I think you have to practice Communicating with your customers. Uh, I I remember early on, somebody would ask me certain questions about the engine or something that I should know the answer to. And and when I couldn't answer it, it was embarrassing. So, And and that activated something in me to say, you know what, I, I can't let that happen anymore. So I think a new salesperson has to put in the time on the product. They have to put in the time on creatively and intelligently talking to the customer. And you have to do it all with a smile. Who wants to deal with somebody that doesn't even smile? Uh, And and then I also think, when you start out, you okay, a couple people said no. You have a few bad days. I think you do have to realize that you, they're not rejecting you. They just said no. You know, some will, some won't. So what? There's plenty of people out there.
0: Hmm. And I guess, what advice would you have to people that maybe are in the mindset that you were in previously about saying, "I could never do sales. I could never be a salesperson. I could never uh, be in that field." Like maybe someone that is a bit shy, or maybe uh, is more a back office person, or maybe that they're in parts like you originally were. Like, what what, what advice would you have to those people that? maybe could actually be a very successful person in the, in the sales field.
1: I think anybody can be salesperson. I think if you put your mind to it and you put in the work to improve yourself, which is not easy, but I, but I think anybody that dedicates themselves to, you know what, I'm going to take sales from a eight to five job and I'm going to turn it into a lifestyle. And I think if, if somebody commits to having sales as a lifestyle, they'll succeed. Mm. If somebody calls me tomorrow, I'm answering the phone.
0: Yeah, it's gone hundred percent into it. And does that mean that you take a lot of your work home with you as well? Or is there a divide that you do
1: there? I will do, I will do some if I have to. Uh, a lot of times I'm the last one at the office. So at some point I eventually say, okay, uh, everything I've accomplished today, well, we won the day. This stuff will knock out tomorrow. It, you know, it's, we can, we can, we can go home.
0: Mm. Yeah. And I guess like with all those years and, and I guess you practicing yourself on, on, on becoming a better salesperson and understanding the product more, have you seen the industry change a, a lot in, in those years?
1: the industry has definitely for one the, the past few here the past few years have been insanely busy uh, and then when i first started selling equipment there was a lot of tire machines and you had some excavators and now a tire unit is almost non-existent and you know it's track machines excavators Uh, that side has definitely changed. The customers, I think, that we deal with are under more pressure these days. I don't know if it's uh, time limits on their jobs, the weather playing a factor, uh, but I I just feel like there's a lot more people under more pressure than 10 years ago.
0: Yeah, and I think as, as that pressure mounts... I've noticed that the technology side on the equipment has evolved so much as well it's almost like completely different to 10 years ago and where do you sort of see that side of it going is it going to be more focused on telematics and sort of helping your customers know more about their equipment at any point in time
1: yeah yeah and that's something bobcat come out with a couple years ago machine iq telematics you know let's Let's be able to interact with the customer. They need to know what's going on with their machine. Uh, It's nice for the machine to be tracked if there's, if it's stolen, if there's any issues, you know, now Bobcat, we we can run a machine from an iPhone or an iPad.
0: Mm. It's crazy, isn't
1: it? It it doesn't get any easier. Yeah. Uh, and, And we're starting to see more and more of in the compact equipment, laser graders, laser box blades, everybody that is really fine tuning their job is, is leaning more on technology now more so than ever.
0: Mm. All right. Well, let's, let's talk more, a little bit more about you personally. So if you could give some advice to younger self, what would you say?
1: Go meet more people, you know, and I, I just was not, like I said, was, I was not the guy to go out and, and meet people. Uh, you know, get, get involved in, in more areas. Get involved in the community. Uh, strike up more conversations. I really think it makes a difference for, you know, somebody in their early 20s to be, to be confident in how they speak, how they stand, how they shape someone's hand, look them in the eye.
0: Yeah. And build those relationships. Yeah. Build those relationships and, and yeah. have people yeah. to lean on when you need them.
1: Right. Yep. Yeah. Go meet people, go talk to people and be genuine. It's not, it's, it's not a show. It's nothing fake. Go genuinely talk to your customers.
0: And I think that's a good, that's a good point that you raised there, about being genuine, because I think some people hear what you say and they, they just put it in the diary and they rush through the the points just to get through and tick the boxes basically rather than actually having intent to try and learn or help someone or even just uh go out and and learn about a a job site or whatever it might be like do do you see a lot of people that aren't successful are just ticking the boxes just to get through the the list basically
1: yeah they they want to show up and and grab a card and you know, check the Salesforce box and call today. Look, you know, I I made 25 calls today. (laughs) Who can make, you can make 25 phone calls, but if you're on the road and you make, if you stop and and genuinely talk to 25 people, it's, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of time. You know, I I like showing up on job sites and it's been things from uh, my Septic tank guys, putting in drains for septic tanks and i've recorded videos and and put them on youtube about if have you ever seen this side of a septic system yeah or uh, somebody grading off for a, a massive spec building you know thirty thousand square foot spec building that's you know does anybody know the details of of how the, the grade's going to be set up I like going out there and interacting with people and and actually let them tell me how they do that.
0: Yeah, and it definitely builds trust with your customer. The fact that they know that you're not just there just to push something in their face and try and make them buy. You're actually keen to learn. It plays a big part in them seeing you as the trusted advisor, maybe, if you want to put it that way.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then when it's time for them to buy something, I want them to think of me. Yeah, it's it's quite I a simple
0: formula, isn't it? It's a very simple formula, but some people just overcomplicate it with all these metrics uh, rather than actually doing the work that's required.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, people want to work with with someone else that that they feel good about.
0: Mm. So, other than the online presence, like the uh, Gary V and Grant Cardone that you mentioned. Like, who do you think played a big influence on your career? Maybe you saw them as like a mentor, potentially.
1: Well, what was that? It, it broke up there. Question broke up.
0: I was just saying. So, other than like Gary V and and Grant Cardone, like you mentioned, like who do you think played a big influence on your career? Maybe from like as as a mentor. That's a
1: tough question. I didn't have any sales. You know, my dad was in construction. He was a builder. Uh, we did have, there's a salesman in our Greenville office who had been doing it for a long time and he's good. I still, to this day, I call him the king. I may have outsold him the past two years, but he's still the king. But I, somebody like him, I, I can tell when he would talk to customers because I shadowed him a couple times, even, even later into my sales career. You know, I, I would. There's one day I spent in Greenville just watching him interact because I think you can always, you know, it's like a, a basketball player practicing free throws. So I, I could see how he interacted with the customers really genuine. He was concerned with am I providing the right product? Am I asking the right questions? And, and I think that helped me stay on the path of all right, you know, you you have to be trustworthy. You really have to try to find their problem and solve it.
0: And I think the fact that you're willing to watch and listen and observe from him, I think the part that jumps out at me there is the fact that you're, if you want to be successful, you got to listen, listen and learn from others and not assume that you know everything.
1: Right. Because I, I don't. I mean, I, I may tell my wife I know everything, but she knows I don't.
0: Yeah, and I think it's it's just a great way to think in terms of uh, keeping positive on on knowing that there's always going to be an expansion. Like There's going to be more you can learn about the machine or the customer or, or, or sales process or the way you can engage with people and, and not sort of... So I think if you do become almost like arrogant in, in the way, you sort of put yourself in a box and customers can, can tell that as well when you walk on site. They're like, oh, this guy, he's got a hidden agenda here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a difference in arrogance and then just being confident in, in your product knowledge, confident in your approach to a customer. Uh, I think somebody will pick up on just straight arrogance pretty quick.
0: And then so with all that coming together, how do you define success? And maybe was there a defining moment in your career so far that really jumps out to you?
1: Defining success, it, it could be different for different people, but... Uh, I think if you, if you get up every morning and you're excited to go do your job, go to work, do you really consider it work? Uh, if it's fun for you, if you stay positive, uh, I think that's part of success. If you do well at it, if you, you know, obviously we, we wanna succeed, we wanna make money. Uh, so if, if you can do that while you're having fun, while you're helping people, you still have time for your family. Uh, your family respects what you do. Uh, they have no, my, my wife and two boys, that if I had to go to the office right now, it wouldn't matter. They, they, they'd understand. They'd probably, can we go? And I think once you blend all that in, you know, it's fun, it, it's hard work. Do you have uh, goals for income? If you meet those, uh, your family's happy, they see you. I think all that blends into what I would consider success.
0: And then is there a defining moment that really jumps out to you so far in your career?
1: Probably the biggest one was, you know, we have a region of six stores. And I think I, a couple years ago, the first time I sold the most machines out of that region it felt like I had really, okay, man, all the work paid off. But then, you know, January 5th, you realize, okay, that was last year. Now what am I going to do this year?
0: Hmm. Yeah, and, and I'm assuming there was a, a bit of a drop-off mid last year with everything going on around, around the world. Did, did you notice that drop-off? Has it started to come back a little bit now?
1: We never stopped.
0: Never stopped. Wow
1: never stopped as our business got busier so when when covid started shutting things down we we kind of regrouped as a sales team different stores they were like, all right we got a our sales manager said all right we gotta let's put out some goals let's sit down and think about what you really think you can sell right now and i thought you it's a pandemic you want me to come up with Sales goals during a pandemic. So I put down, I mean, tiny numbers per month. of three machines, four machines. And then after we did that, about three weeks later, business exploded. I don't know if it, because it had been so wet, it finally dried up. Jobs were waiting. But, I mean, it was... Last year, 2020 was the best sales year for me to date.
0: Wow. That's unbelievable. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> Who knows what 2021 is going to be like then for you? Yeah. Wow. So do you think that the, your online presence with, hey, hey, it's Freddie a bobcat and the did you know and all that sort of stuff has really helped you a lot in, in gaining momentum in your sales as well?
1: Yeah, I think so. It's just being in front of people. You know, I'm in front of more people more often. So when when something does come up, oh, I I, I did a video today. I delivered a piece of equipment. on It was a bobcat in front of it. They had a combo bucket. Well, just before I got on this podcast, a customer sent me a message and said, hey, I like that combo bucket. I may want one. So there I was. He had been thinking about a combo bucket. I'm doing a video. There's the combo bucket. Always got to be able send me
0: a message. Wow. It, just to, to think back, like if you didn't have that online presence and a lot of sales people don't have that online presence, they're hunting for, for this work. You've basically got two funnels now. You've got your online presence where leads are coming in and then you've got all the leads that you might want to follow up, whether it be existing customers or new customers. I think it, it, it's an unbelievable thing that people haven't caught onto this yet.
1: Yeah, I agree, and it's I, – I think they will, and then you'll have to fight even harder for attention. You know, now you're just – you know, you're fighting uh, television for attention or somebody, you know, a cat jumping off a counter and landing on a glass table and turning over milk. You know, you're you're fighting that for attention, but I think there will be more things that – salespeople will do this more Mm.
0: I feel like you're in a very good place as well where you could potentially provide some professional advice to other companies or people or brands out there on how to really build up a personal brand in the equipment space even within the Bobcat group I think if they invested in you to try and encourage others in other states and regions even countries I think it would go a long way to increasing revenue in general i'm ready <laughs> so hopefully bobcat's listening <laughs> reach out to freddie <laughs> he's ready for the side project that's
1: right. <laughs> oh, that's I, I heard the word invest
0: invest that's it that's it it's you uh, that's the thing you're investing in yourself when you build this personal brand you're investing in yourself exactly
1: and that's no matter who you talk to in a I mean, I don't want to call it self-help, but a motivational, positive space of learning, uh, sales strategies. you, Everyone will say the same thing. The best investment is what? In yourself.
0: That's it. That's it. Look, what a way to finish the podcast with that comment. But Freddie, I really want to thank you for coming on the Rental Journal podcast.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate the invite. I enjoyed it.
0: Please like, share, follow the Rental Journal podcast and I'll see everyone in next week's episode.